to 30-something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. Today we brought back a guest that we had on a few weeks ago because she was that good and she was that interesting. Tenley Starr is a cosmetic nurse injector and the founder of the skincare line Star Clinical. Uh, Tenley and I got into so many great specific questions about skincare and routines last time she was on that um, we wanted to bring her back because there was not enough time to delve into everything we wanted to talk about last time. So in this episode, she is addressing the questions that you all so kindly sent in. And so we get really specific. Um, by the way, if you sent something in, thank you so much. Um, we talk about things like how to get Botox and not look like you have a completely frozen face. We talk about the difference between Botox and a new um, injectable neurotoxin called Juvo. We talk about the best simple skincare routines to keep you glowing. We talk about so much. So again, if you sent in a question. Thank you. And we did get to it. We got to everything that was sent in. And I'm really, really proud of the detail that we dove into. Because if you sent in a specific question, I just want to let you know that we really, really dove deep, made sure to follow up with some good follow-up questions so that we got... um, got all the good information we need about all the topics that uh, that you wrote in about. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I am going to be back on the flip side of this show with my thoughts on her skincare line, which I've been using and loving, um, and give you my thoughts on what that would be great for. And in the meantime, I hope you all enjoy. Tenley is so fun to talk to. Oh, and by the way, because in the first episode, I promised we would uh, dive into this with her. We also talk about balancing her career with um, the very big role of motherhood. (laughs) So um, I had to throw that in there too, because she's a mama too. And I love to hear how, um, how other moms make it happen. So enjoy everybody. Again, this is Tenley Starr, cosmetic nurse injector and founder of Star Clinical Skincare. And I will see you guys on the flip side with some more info. Welcome back to 30-something. I am so excited for today's episode. Tenley Star is back. Hello, Tenley. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on again. We had so much fun last time, guys. Um, go back and listen to, I think it was like episode 44. Four. Um, so a couple back, yeah, where we talked all about everything, Tenley, right? Skincare routines and retinol and lasers mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. we covered we covered some ground, didn't we, on that first one? We did, yeah. Everything kind of prevention and what we're doing now. Yeah. So here's what we did this time, guys. I got some direct questions from you on Instagram. We're going to hit those right off the top. And then, because I know I've got tons of mom uh, followers out there who are super interested in hearing about Tenley's journey as a mom and combining the whole, you know, business and personal life stuff, we are going to hit that at the end. So make sure you stick around. It's going to be fun. Um, All right, Tenley, we're going to dive right in. Um, Like I said, we solicited questions on Instagram and I love the like, um, sort of varied scope of questions we got. So um, if you sent one in, guys, thank you very much. And let's get to it. Okay, so the first one that I got was about Bacuchiol. It sounds like a funny name, guys. It is, uh, the question is, how about Bacuchiol as a retinol alternative? It's, I want you to explain what that ingredient is, Tenley, and then answer Mm -hmm. as to whether or not it does replace retinol or it could. Yeah. So it's a natural ingredient. Um, it's, it pretty much mimics retinol. Um, but it's not as harsh as retinol. So I was kind of thinking about this, like who would I put or prescribe or, you know, tell a patient about this? This I think would be great for the patient that's not ready to dive right into 
something strong like retinols or retin-A's. With those, with retinols and retin-A's, you have a good shedding period of time, you know, especially if you bump it up to three days a week. Um, so that product is good because it's not um, as harsh as a retinol. So you're, you're still going to get your cells to turn over, um, but you're not going to get it to turn over as rapidly as they would if you're on a retin-A or retinol. So let me ask you this. There are a lot of natural lines that are featuring this as sort of the main star ingredient. If you were to compare the results you're going to get from a traditional retinol in the amount of weeks versus the results you'll get from that Bacucciol in an amount of weeks, is it going to be like twice the amount of time or, or what's your best estimate? It's so hard to say because everyone's skin's different and at, at, at every age, skin is different. So your twenties, your skin's turning over faster. So I would say you're going to get a faster turnover, um, also, I would think it'd be great to put a younger person on that so they're not, you know, jumping onto retinol so quick in the game, like in your 20s or even your 30s, your young 30s, 31, 32, 33, your skin's still turning over. So um, if your skin seems stuck, I would put you on something stronger like a retinol. And I think that would probably speed up things pretty quickly compared to more of a natural ingredient that's not as harsh. And let me ask you this, is Bacucciol, as uh, it's been touted, a safe alternative if you're pregnant or breastfeeding? Would you recommend it for some of our mama's friends out there? I could not say if it is 100% safe. Um, I would say it is the safest option, but you should always run that by your OBGYN or your physician. Um, personally, I would probably put it on my skin, but I've had a lot of I've done a lot of stuff to my skin, you know, so I would feel safe mm -hmm. using it. But for someone that's very, very conservative, um, it's always best to not be on anything that's, you know, a potential stimulant like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just to yeah, be on okay. the safe side. Everyone's at such different levels with the all natural, you know, skincare. Um, it kind of depends on what level you're going to take it to. Um, but for the majority, it should be uh, the safest option. I love to how, how you say, like, you don't have to dive right in to a retinol or to something strong because our skin through our 20s and early 30s is, like, kind of still doing pretty good. I feel like you're the it first is. person that I talk to that's like, okay, you can, like, hold off a little bit. I've never heard anyone say that before, and it's kind of refreshing. Well, yeah, well, it's just because people want rapid results, and everyone, you know, you're looking at, like, photos, and everyone's skin looks amazing, but, you know, it has a lot to do with Photoshop, but you you could get these, like, really nice results with the retinase and with the retinol, so I think people just are quick, they want that fast, you know, gratification. Yeah, yeah, it's just truly a symptom of our time. But remember, like, as we said before in our last podcast, we don't want to overstimulate we want to stimulate to the to at the rate where your skin is shedding. So like I said, everyone is just so different. And that's why I always recommend when people are like, what should I do? I always say, just come see me for a quick consult, you know, mm -hmm. so I could actually like look at your skin, diagnose it, see where, see where you're at and see what you want for results, what you'd be happy with. Speaking of results, I love this next question because everybody wants a different look when it comes to their Botox. This person is asking... Can you get Botox and still move your forehead? I hate when the forehead doesn't move. I second that to my friend who, who submitted this question. I'm like currently in like partially frozen Botox stage and I kind of hate it because I'm a really expressive person. So can you like get the yeah. wrinkle fighting benefits without freezing your sure. whole forehead? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like you feel it move and you're like, oh, I can't move. <laughs> it's um, like, I'm angry. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I am. Yes. Um, yes, you can. It's called just a sprinkle of Botox. You would just want to go down on the amount of units that you're putting into whatever area you're trying to relax. If that's your forehead in between your eyebrows, which is the glabella area or your crow's feet around your eyes. So, you know, so just talk with your practitioner and be like, Hey, I definitely want to relax these muscles, but no, I do not want to look frozen. I still want to move. Um, and that's very, very common to do. And, um, it's very easy to achieve. You just have to relay that message to your injector. Um, but I want to also say this, if you can still wrinkle, you are still going to be getting those, um, indentations and those are what you, you don't want. That's why it's nice to add a little bit more Botox or where you can't, you can still like, like for me, my eyebrows still go up, but I can't, but they're, but I'm knocked out enough to where it's not making a wrinkle. So if we're asking for like specific zones, I know people also don't like the angry effect. Like I've heard women complain before about the outsides of their eyebrows rising up too high. What specifically should we be telling our providers so that we don't get that look? You're saying light, so use the word sprinkle or like fewer units. And then is there a part of the forehead that they should avoid to give you that, to not give you that like Cruella de Vil look? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That just happens. That's just with placement. Um, so there's a couple of things like as a, when an injector is like kind of talking to you and in, in your consult, they're going to ask you like a, a few questions. One is like, how frozen do you want to be? Um, or how natural do you want to be? Um, also there is a, um, a portion where you should not inject. And that's about one finger width to two finger widths right above your eyebrow. That's hmm. called the no fly zone. Oh, if that's you, interesting. you can, yeah, you can inject in that area, but there's always a potential of making, creating what we call a heavy brow or a dropped brow, which are actually two different things, but let's just say it's like one because your brow's not moving up and it's dropped. Um, so I like to inject high, meaning very high up on your forehead, passing that area. But with that being said, there's always a potential for a peaked brow. But I would much rather have my patient have a peaked brow than a droop brow. A droop brow, I cannot pop back up. A peaked brow, I go back in after 10 days, I pop in one unit, and it looks perfect. Hmm. Interesting. I love this, too. I never heard that yes. before in all of the years that I've, you know, experimented with Botox or talked to women who have. I never heard about the no-fly zone. Yeah. This, is, this is great. I, You're dropping knowledge. I always... Yeah, I always just like to tell people, like, don't give up on Botox because your muscles are always, they're getting, like, stretched out more because we're aging or you might still have some Botox left in your forehead when you go back in to add more. Um, always just, like, you know, work with your provider, your injector, your nurse, and just be like, you know, hey, what's going on this time? And a lot of the times they'll be like, come back in. Let me add, let me, you can always fix it. You can tailor it. You see what I'm saying? You can Absolutely, do it kind of yeah. like in steps. It's not like a one time you're stuck with that for three months. Absolutely not. I like that you're encouraging the conversations with your providers too, because there are people that will give you different results and you don't have to, you know, like you said, give up on the treatment right. entirely if yeah. you've had a bad result one time. But I think sometimes we go into sure. the doctor or the practitioner and we're like, okay, you're the expert. You just do it. But you really mm -hmm. should have these conversations. I have a term 
that I've used with one of my injectors before. We call it newscaster Botox because I used to be in TV news. I was like, give me newscaster Botox. I need to emote. I need to like show. I need some range of motion in my forehead. I just don't want like massive wrinkles. So I found that that's like a great way of communicating it. We laugh now, but it's, it's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. Yeah. I don't really think our generation in particular wants to be completely frozen. We definitely mm-hmm. want movement, but we don't want those, those lines and those wrinkles, you know, cause this is all we're doing this to prevent those lines. Absolutely. So we have okay. to make sure we're adding enough units to, to target that. Right. Love it. Okay. Next question is for a busy mom. What are three must haves for a daily skin routine? I need it to be easy is what she says. I would say a good wash because that's going to take off your makeup um, every single morning and night. So that has to be good. My other one would be a scrub because that's what's going to exfoliate your skin the best. Um, And it's going to take away, um, it's just going to kind of even out your skin. And it's also going to lighten and brighten and tighten your skin. So make sure you have a good scrub. I would scrub about three times a week. I always like, this is kind of like my rule. If you're in your twenties, twice, twice a week. If you're in your thirties, three times a week. Um, my third sunscreen. Absolutely. Love me some sunscreen. Can you give us some specific brands of SPF that you like? Because the complaint we hear is that, you know, people don't want it to have a heavy feeling or a white cast. I've gone on record a thousand times saying I am a physical blocker girl. Like I don't use chemical sunscreens, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some good ones if you're into that. So I want you to tell us maybe some good chemical protectant options, some sunscreens, and then some good sun blocks that would be like zinc or titanium dioxide only. Yes, I have one that's perfect. It's the Elsa MD Tinted Moisturizer. Uh, they have an SPF 44 or 45, something like that. I love it. It is my makeup. It is my foundation. It's all I wear. Um, I like it because a couple reasons. It has zinc, UVA, UVB protectant of those two most important rays. Um, and it also has hyaluronic acid in it. So it's like, you can't beat it. It's cheap. It's like $35. You can get it at any pretty much dermatologist. You might even be able to buy it online through the company. I'm not really sure. Um, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Everyone should be wearing this every single day. They also make a nice body spray. Um, but it does have a higher level, I think of like zinc or something in there. So it is white but it works. Awesome. Elta. Yeah. That is like a cult favorite. E-L-T-A guys. Check it out. Elta MD. Um, Okay. So this is another sort of routine oriented question. I get uh, hyperpigmentation from my medicine. I wear sunscreen, but it's still bad. What do you recommend? Oh yes. That uh, hyperpigmentation is very, very difficult to treat. Um, So with this patient, I would ask her a, a few is what medication is what I would start with. Um, second, I would say, I would try to stay out of the heat. Sometimes heat, um, makes hyperpigmentation work, uh, worse, excuse me, not just the sun. So saunas, jacuzzi. Oh, that's interesting. Anything that activates that like inflammation Any, response in your yes. skin. Yes, exactly. So IPLs, think of anything that's hot on your skin. It does give that immediate, like, um, yeah, it feels like your face is going to kind of go to explode when you're out in the Mm -hmm. sun too long or anything that irritates it. So say that, you know, 
regardless of what medication she's on, she's staying out of the sun. We are in the, almost in the winter season. So assuming she's going to be out of those sort of, um, activating conditions, is there something you can put on to cool it? And more importantly, like I, I think some of the products that are on the market now that are designed for lightning can be a little scary. We talked a little bit about hydroquinone, which is an ingredient, a light, like a bleaching agent that's actually mm-hmm. banned in some parts of the world. Um, but mm-hmm. other people here use it. So how would you decide whether or not to prescribe something that strong to someone? And if they don't want to go that route, what would be a good alternative to help lighten those spots? Um, so the best thing, the so I would have to figure out if this is like a hyperpigmentation or if it's like a melasma. So let's just kind of like talk about them both because we're not really sure exactly what she has. Right. Um, so if it's a hyperpigmentation, we, we like a true hyperpigmentation, um, we can start with a good skincare to strengthen her skin. And then we can actually go in and lighten it with like a peel, but this isn't something there's really to, to straight up answer this question. There's not a whole lot you can do at home. Interesting. Okay. So you wouldn't even suggest anything over the counter that she could immediately hop on. I mean, I wouldn't waste your money. (laughs) I would probably, this is like a job for laser. I know we talked a little bit in the last episode about like tight, certain types of lasers for issues. Like what type of laser would address this one? So if it's a, if it's a sunspot that's being created by her medication, cause it's making her sensitive to the sun, you could put a laser on that. If it's a true sunspot. Now, if it's some like hyperpigmentation sunspot, if it's melasma, which is usually caused by taking medication and it looks different, it's more, it kind of looks either like a, we call it a butterfly rash and it's spread out. It's like all connected. That's melasma. And that is when people take medication, people get that. And it's from the sun. They become very, very sensitive to sun, but more sensitive to the heat. That, no heat, so no lasers. And you should probably get on like a peel, like the V peel or the perfect peel. Something that's going to just shed off those lasers. Okay. So what, what she really needs to, first of all, address is... Is it hyperpigmentation, like you said, from the sun, or is it melasma? Yeah. And she needs to yeah. go in and pretty much talk with talk with her doctor or yeah. her medical practitioner about what the next step is. Because I didn't know that you would treat those separately. Because I, you know, as just a layman, would like look and say, "Oh, dark spot. Let's hit it with a laser. Let's use this or that." But and so you treat them differently, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. And, um, that is a problem. A lot of people run into, I get them at my practice and they're like, Oh, someone put an IPL over this and it made it worse. Well, yes, it's melasma. So I would not try to, this is why I I'm not recommending anything over the counter for this just one time. And I'm, I'm a big over the counter kind of girl. Um, but this is like serious. You could actually make it worse. So just pop into like a dermatologist or your cosmetic nurse, if she's into skincare or skin treatments and just get a good diagnosis for it to see what it really is. You know what I mean? And then you'll make your treatment protocol. There's, if it's melasma, there's just not anything you can really do at home. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it really is. Um, it, it's so case dependent. I think we see things on our face and it's hard these days because things, you know, a little ad pops up on my Instagram and sister's about to I buy know. like 10 products every night. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is my miracle product. But it's good to hear this as a reminder to really find out what the root cause is. So 
and so, good, good, yeah, good and sometimes too, a bleaching cream can inhibit, can block that. So it's not over, it's not producing or getting worse like melasma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's another reason, but you have to get that from, from a doctor's office. So there is treatment, um, dark spot. Uh, so like a sunspot that can come off very quickly with an IPL session. And we always recommend three because we go light on the first one, crank it up the second, and then we go higher on the third. Um, but if it is melasma due to like medication, like a birth control or something like that, then uh, we have to take other steps like peels and bleaching okay. creams. Got it. Okay, moving on. What is the best anti-aging skincare line when you have really sensitive skin? I love mine. That's, I of love course, mine. Of clinical. That's like what it's made for, um, just for strengthening the skin. There's a lot of actually really good skincare products out there. Um, but I, I honestly don't use them to tell you the truth, but I have worked at other plastic surgeons office that do sell some like skinceuticals, um, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't recommend like everything from their line, but they do have some really good stuff. Um, but no, I strictly use star clinical cause it's, it's formulated to balance your skin and to strengthen your skin. And anytime you're going to get a skincare treatment, your skin and your health needs to be at its strongest. Love that. I love the whole body integrative approach because how you treat the rest of your system really does show up on your face. And this is coming from someone who like lived some really bad days of acne. It was yes. horrific to think. And now that I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a period of my life when I was consistently on antibiotics for my sinus infections. And I was cycling my body through these periods of like, I mean, I was starving out of good bacteria. And I'm like, I wish I knew then what I know now that I wouldn't have had to go on Accutane and experience incredible trauma walking around the yeah. world with like, literally my face was just... It was oh, a really, yeah. it was an experience, you know, I think it, it's it, anyone who's had bad acne, you know, knows that feeling. Sure. Sure. Did it clear up after post-pregnancy at all, or did it get worse? It's so interesting. So this was when I was in my early twenties and I had just gotten out of college. Um, I mean, I can't express how bad it was. I worked in television as a college student. I worked, I got a job two weeks out of college in TV. So I was on TV as I was having acne that would just... Okay make you like, it, it would make people uncomfortable to look at. I remember going to the doctor, to the dermatologist, and this was, I mean, in the dark ages compared to what people are doing now, but he actually lanced uh, probably about 20 like, um, comedones oh. or like, you know, the clogged pores. And I, and I walked out of there bleeding and my a-hole boyfriend at the time said, Oh my God, <laughs> you look like you, you got shot with buckshot. And I cried so hard. I mean, I can laugh now. It was, it's traumatic, you know, and I was on TV looking like this. It was, um, it was wow. difficult. I would, you know, I would hide, try to hide from natural light because even though it wasn't always red, it, you know, the light would catch it. It was just a whole thing. So long story short, I did do the Accutane. It did okay. not clear it up permanently for me. And I would not go back on that personally. It, it's a very toxic to the system. So let's just, mm -hmm. that's my opinion. But what yeah, did work for right. me and why I became so passionate about beauty is facials from an amazing esthetician. And my girl was from, um, oh gosh, she was from Hungary, I think. And I would go there every week diligently and she made me a different person. And that's why I feel so 
passionate about this stuff because you can call it superficial, but when you have been impacted by the trauma of like appearing to the world in a way that you don't feel it's difficult. And I just, I, you know, I swear by a good facialist, which is why I love doing this kind of stuff, you know? No, I agree with you. I love that story that, you know, that's why we're doing doing for people like that. Right. And I think, um, you know, we can get a bad rap concentrating or talking about things that some people deem to be superficial, but there is a very real psychological component to how you present yourself to the world. So this is, you know, I love talking to you about this kind of stuff because we do, um, it does matter how you feel about how you look, you know? Yes. So anyways, (laughs) yeah, it sure is. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to get off my soapbox. Um, okay. Let's get on with it. Oh, you know what I did want to ask is sort of like an addendum to this person's question. So we were talking about the best, um, anti-aging skincare line for sensitive skin. Just give our sister friend here some ingredients she should avoid. So if she's going up to her pharmacy and just kind of wants to do an immediate overhaul, what are some things with sensitive skin that you should avoid that might make her skin a little happier? Um, I would say like, look for the word acid. I would stay away from that. Like something, a lot of times, if you're just like going to the store and picking stuff up, things are going to have like salicylic acid in it, 2% or lower. And that's great if, um, you have like acne skin, but a lot of companies throw that in because I think, um, they're trying to just kind of get out to like a more broad, you know, spectrum of people. So they think more people are going to buy it with that. But you you want to stay away from acids. Okay, good to know. And what about fragrance? I feel like that always irritated my skin when I had acne. You know, it it does, but not all. So you can ha- you could still put the calming ones in there, like lavender. But again, you're you're. It's so hard to say because there's um, what's the word? My like the lavender that we put in my skincare line is just at its clearest purest form. I can't say that about another skincare company that's, you know, being sold at Target. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They okay. might add more drops of a certain, a mix of fragrance. Cause a lot of times these chemists mix things to make it smell like lavender. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's interesting. So it's not pure. It's not pure. So, but it, it, they can write that on the bottle smells like lavender or whatever, lavender, you know, cause it mm-hmm. smells like that. So Unless you really know how to read an ingredients label, which is really hard to do and not a lot of people can do, go go see somebody that knows really what's in a product that um, that they can put you on something that's going to be safe for your skin if it's, you know, acne or um, if it's sensitive or normal. Perfect. Okay, we have a, um, a specific question here. I want you to explain both of these products. Um, so what I'm saying is Juvo. J-U-V-E-A-U, better than Botox. What is Juvo? And am I, am I even saying that yeah, right? Yeah. So that's what we call it, new talks. Um, oh, that's right. better than oh, Botox. I about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, what did you say? Uh, yeah, I said, now that you call it the new Botox, I have heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So people are, like, marketing it as new talks on, um, like, Instagram and, and such. And so I just did it, actually, two and a half months ago on myself. Cause we got it in our office and I was like, heck yeah, I want to try it. If it's the newest thing out on the market, I want to see if it works as good as my Botox or I'm a big Dysport fan. I don't know if you've heard of Dysport. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I like it. They all do the same thing. And all these companies are really just like 
fighting each other. Like mine's better. Mine's better because of this. Mine's better because I removed the protein molecule. Mine's better because it lasts longer. Mine's better because I removed everything and it kicks in faster. So each of these like four or five companies that are out there have a, each have a really good marketing strategy to target our audience. So I like to tell my patients, I think they're all good. And I would recommend trying all of them. For me, Botox is very consistent for me. Okay. So you're saying yeah. you're going to stick with what you know, but if you're feeling a little experimental or you want to try something new, you could see similar results with this Juvo or this new talk. Sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. They all relax the muscle. Perfect. All of these okay. I'm going to have a little frozen forehead moment, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I'm like, I, we were laughing about this earlier. I was talking to a friend and I was like, I'm really having trouble showing my kids how angry I am after I get those eyes. I'm like, trust me, I'm really pissed right now. Uh, it's funny. Okay. Um, this is, uh, we're getting toward the end here and then we're going to get into the other stuff. Uh, another person asking, will a dermatologist usually prescribe retinol for a 45 year old? Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, I would, unless there's certain factors that the patient could be allergic to, or they've overtreated their skin so much in their life, I'd be like, you know, let's stay away from the retinase and retinols and let's switch over to something, you know, more natural to, um, to strengthen your skin before we put you back on, back on it or on Perfect. it. Awesome. Okay. Our final question is really interesting. It's more plastic surgery oriented. It's more procedure. Um, the question is about blepharoplasty. I want you to explain what it is. And the question is, what is the recovery time like for that procedure? So what it is, is above your eyelids, um, some people um, suffer from loose skin. And it kind of starts around their 30s, actually. It's, I see it pretty young. Um, and a lot of times people come in saying, you know, I have a lot of this excess skin. My eye my eyebrows feel a little heavy. They actually first go to Botox. Can, Botox pops everything up. It's like, well, it's not going to pop it up that much. You know, it'll pop up an eyebrow a bit, but it's not going to treat that heavy skin that's laying on top of your eyelid. So that's a plastic surgeon. That's definitely something that you go under for. Um, and what they do is they just cut out that skin that's laying on top of your eyelid. It looks really good, um, and there's several plastic surgeons locally where I'm where I'm at around LA, Ventura County that do it. It's not a very bad recovery time, um, but I will say this: you, the line that where they made the incision on your eyes that could stay red for a little bit, but that's something that you can cover with makeup because it's mm -hmm. it's a suture line, so that has to heal. Let me ask you this too. This you, you just mentioned that people in their 30s may start to see some sagging or drooping. This to me sounds like something that kind of has to be like a one and done because there's only so much skin you can like take out of that area. If mm -hmm. you're already starting to experience sagging, how long do you wait before you go this route? And can you get it again like in your 70s say or whatever if that skin starts to act like that again? Yeah, I don't see why not, but I feel like that would be a very severe case. So what I would say is let's, if someone comes in with like a, like a little bit, right. I would say, let's just try Botox. Maybe the feeling of, cause I'll inject it around their eyes and on their forehead. I'll be like, maybe this feeling it will, cause it will open up your eyes. The Botox will, um, mm -hmm. cause you have a C muscle 
around your both of your eyes. So if you inject around that C, it's going to pull it out and open it. So I'd say, let's try this first. Then there's something that just came to the market. You might have heard of it. It's called the plasma pen. And no, those will tell me more. Dots. They're, they're just those little, um, it kind of looks like you're burning the skin. Um, and then it looks like a henna tattoo because it's like really kind of pretty looking because you make these little dots and that's to simulate collagen and to tighten fine lines and wrinkles. So that's another non-invasive treatment. Now the downtime is a couple weeks with this um, because there are these little black dots that have to eventually flake off kind of like an IPL. You know, when you get an IPL, your spots get darker and then they coffee ground mm -hmm. off. Right. So that takes around seven to 10 days. So this is the plasma pen. Um, and you can do it under the eyes for like dark circles, skin tightening. So people that have that like extra pad of fat under their eyes. And it's also for tightening of the eyelids as well. Oh, have you seen great results with it so far? I've seen, yes, I have. Um, they are good for non-surgical, 100%. And it, and everyone's at such a different stage, you know? So I would, if someone com comes in and it's not that bad, I would try these, these non-surgical procedures first because they might just be really happy with that versus going under and getting the black. Love it. Okay. Before we get into all of the, you know, how you launched your business and how you do the whole balancing act with family and stuff, I did get a question that's just specifically asking me, what work have you had done and how often do you get Botox and fillers? I've always been super candid and open about this. I have not only gotten Botox in the past, I've also done fillers. Um, hereditarily speaking, is that a word? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But we have, we have like caverns under our eyes. We have... Um, yeah. Super dark okay. circles. I'm, I'm Italian. So I, yes, who, yeah. whoever was asking this question, I have gotten filler under my eye yeah. and I have loved it. Um, it right. has, it's not like a hundred percent problem solver. I still do throw on my Dermablend concealer, but I mm -hmm. have found great results. And I'm sure you can speak to this a little bit more too, Tenley, like filling in that, that space underneath my mm -hmm. eye has lifted that shadow a bit. So yes. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. What do you think of the under eye fillers? Um, I like them for the, for exactly what you explained. If someone came in and those were the concerns and I could see it, then I would definitely recommend under eye filler. But it, I, again, in my practice, I get people that come in they're like, do you see, do you see? And I'm like, I don't see that. Like yeah, you look yeah. fine, you know, so you, you just, you kind of try to talk them out of it. But yeah, someone that comes in, they have the dark circles and you see that there is room to apply a nice la layer of filler. 100% do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is my personal thought on this too. I mean, aside from it being like a BDD, like a body dysmorphic disorder issue, I think, sister, friend, it is your face. Like you do what makes you happy. I, I love that the conversations are more free flowing about this because, yes. um, you know, it doesn't make you any better or worse of a person. Um, but it, it does help to have the education around it. And I, this is my thought too on the Botox. I, I would love to get your opinion. I always like to let it wear off so that my natural wrinkle pattern can like reset. Um, and then I'll wait a couple of months and then do it again because I feel like when I shoot on top of shoot on top of shoot, it just, no, my body doesn't know. They're like, where's the wrinkles? Let's make some new ones. So I mm -hmm. kind of like to let my natural wrinkling pattern come back. Is that not smart? <laughs> That's not necessary. Um, I wouldn't do that. For, for this reason, 
I would get a, I would consider, I don't know what, where you get Botox and how many units you get, but I would consider kind of doing like a full, full treatment and you can go lighter on the units. Like I said, it doesn't have to be frozen. Um, a full treatment would be the forehead, the eyebrows and around the eyes. Um, because if you just do, let's say the forehead and you don't do in between the brows, your muscles need to move. They are, they want to move, right? So the muscle between your brows is going to get stronger and stronger and more wrinkly more deeper within the wrinkles. Same thing with around your eyes. If you knock out your forehead and in between your eyebrows, the muscles around your eyes are going to move. They're all kind of like, think of it as like one unit. Like when you make a smile, they all stretch. And when you go back mm-hmm. in, they all relax. So if you're just taking out 50%, the other 50% are like working overtime. So, and then, so if you let it all like kind of like wear off, um, your injector is just starting all over again with you. Making his job harder, huh? <laughs> it's harder. It's hard. It's like you're a first-hand oh. patient again. Not yeah. like it's bad, okay. but you're just kind of like, okay, let's see how this, you know, like let's do a treatment and, you know, if you want to fix it or add a little here and there or we can, you know, so you're just kind of starting all over again. I don't like to do that, but um, – for myself personally, but then again, I don't like my muscles to, or excuse me, my uh, wrinkles ever like fully come back. Mm-hmm. It is it's personal, right? And it I, I want to know, do you think like we're headed back toward a more natural sort of I approach so. to beauty? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't think any of us do this because we feel like we need to do it. I right. kind of think for some people, it's just fun to s- experiment. That being said, I'm like, you know, very aware of like the, this conversation around beauty industry and why we do what we do, that it's like a much deeper thing sometimes. And I want to know from your professional standpoint, like if you're starting to see a trend of people being like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to just age as is. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a lot of these girls, cause I get the girls in the twenties that want to keep it natural and I'm like loving it. I love that. Like, that's what I, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, not to plump people up, but just make people, you know, age gracefully and educate right, them. Right. And I've seen, I've, you know, through my dad's practice, like what over, overdone is and what is just right, you know? And my dad pointed this out to me at a very young age when I started getting into this. He's like, just really what? Like, and my dad's a very good um, teacher. So in the room, he would be like, you know, this, like, this is a little bit much. Let's, because of this, because of what we're doing today, it could lead to this in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. with fillers. And that's also, remember we were talking about the Obagi line, how that was just so overstimulating when that first came out and we were like, bleach, 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 everybody. Um, so now it's kind of jumping back to these girls in their twenties. They're like, I just want to look like, like me, but like, you know, just like rested and fresh. And that's what mm-hmm. Botox does. And also fillers do that too. Like, um, I'm, I'm 34 and I'm, you know, very much considering doing my cheeks. Cause as we age, we age down. So you don't really want to inject in your jowls or your jawline as much for my age. I want to put that plump back in my cheek to hold up my structure, but I'm going to mm-hmm. start with a, a very, very small amount because we don't, we don't need to overdo it. You know? We want to yeah, look, absolutely. we don't want people to question us. We just want to be like, you look fabulous. That's yes, all we want. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I love that approach. Um, okay. I promised that we were going to hit on this too. And I do want to really quickly get your whole take Tenley on the, you know, I laugh at the word balance, but I know you're a mom yeah. and I know you're a business owner and you're there busy on both fronts. And I, it's always really interesting and inspiring to me to hear how women manage their routines in their lives when they have these, you know, big things happening. So yeah. how do you do it? Like, oh, you know, is there something you swear by or love? Yeah. It's so funny, Sunny, because I, when I, I'm popping on your Instagram because it's just so cute. And I look at you, I'm like, how are you doing all this? You're so perfect. Um, and you have a great balance. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I don't ever think I have a balance, you know, and, but I look at other women and I'm like, wow, like you're doing so well. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I have a lot of support. My husband supports me a lot. Um, my daughter's really, really good. And we, we spend, you know, as much quality time with her as possible, you know, so we hopefully raise a good human being. And, um, because of the support I have from like family and honestly, I have such good girlfriends that support me. I have this little fire lit under my butt and I'm like, I could do this. I could do this, you know, but I wouldn't be able to do any of this if it wasn't for my husband and my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Aren't girlfriends the best? I mean, it t- can take you a while to find some good mom friends, but when yes. you do, man, it, they're lifesavers, right? They're, they are. And they're like hard to the core. Like they have your back. Like I have girls yeah. that, you know, some of my best girlfriends, they, they just randomly text me and it's like the best thing in the world. And that's honestly what keeps me going. You know, there are those texts where she's like, you are just doing so good. I'm so proud of you. Like, you're a boss, babe. You're, it's like, I love, I love you. And I love that. And that's what makes me, you know, wake up every morning and tell myself I can do it. Uh-huh. It's yeah. true. And I, I, you know, you bring up a good point where uh, to me, the word balance doesn't exist. It's a great, it's a catchphrase. It's sort of like a catch all way to describe maybe yeah. our routines or what we do to get through the day. But you're right. There is no two days that are the same ever. And, yeah. and what you see on, on social media, I mean, someone could be failing spectacularly and you never really know what's what's happening but trust me everyone's got the bad days motherhood is the great equalizer I feel like oh yeah (laughs) yes definitely oh my gosh it will bring you to your knees sister it's wonderful but man oh my gosh Tedley I feel like I could just talk to you for hours and hours and this has been so much fun do you think you know as we get a little more skincare questions, we can drag you back on and just keep Absolutely. having you as part of the family. Okay. Okay. I agree. Yes, I would love that. Any, anytime. So you're, you're so nice and fun, easy to talk to. So I'd love to. Oh, thanks. Tell us where we can find you online and where we can try your products. I don't know if you guys are, you know, running any specials or if you want to let anybody know about where they can track down your next move, give us all the ways to stalk you right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can find my product on www.starclinical.com and that kind of explains each product. I am going to be doing, um, a black Friday special. So pop on there during that time, maybe like a cyber Monday. Um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram at star S T A R R clinical. Perfect. Tenley, you are, you are a star. I am so, so grateful for you sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. And like I said, I am certain to be bothering you when we have other cosmetic questions coming up. Down yes. Thank Good you luck. so much. You're welcome. Okay. Guys, how amazing is Tenley? Um, I feel like we could have chatted forever. I have 
literally a million questions when it comes to anything skincare related. So um, I'm really grateful she took some time to chat again with me and I hope to bring her back on. If I can convince her to come back on and talk more about any new procedures or any new products that hit the market, you can bet I will be reaching back out to her. Again, thank you if you submitted a question. I did want to talk a little bit about the Star Clinical Skincare line because I have been testing it. You guys know I don't like to get on the show and talk about products unless I have been using them and liking them. And um, Tenley was kind enough to send me some samples of her line. And guys, I really like this. Okay, so here's what you need to know about Star uh, Clinical. They have five products for sale online. They have a purifying cleanser, a scrub, an oil-free moisturizer, a gel mask, and a moisture-rich cream. Star's in my book, the purifying cleanser and the moisturizers. So um, <clears throat> if you guys are doing any retinols or any acids or anything that sort of agitates or irritates the skin in the name of anti-aging, because sometimes those products can be a little strong on the skin, you're going to want to give your skin a couple of days between those products and treatments to let it reset and sort of find its balance again. I love the oil-free moisturizer and the moisture-rich cream for that. What I've been doing is after my retinol at nighttime, I let that soak in and then I will put either the oil-free moisturizer or the moisture-rich cream on top um, right before I go to bed and sort of let that be an additional like um, sort of hydrating layer that helps to lock in the anti-aging product and also give me a little bit of a boost of moisture because those my retinol can sometimes make me a little dry not gonna lie <laughs> um, so I would suggest definitely trying those um, from the line if you're looking for a great gentle on the skin moisturizer those are my tops um, the purifying cleanser is great too I used it as a second step you know I'm all about that two-step cleanse and I'm always doing an oil cleanse to start because I always have um, you know some kind of mascara or something on from the day that I like to remove with an oil cleanser but the purifying cleanser used as a second step was great for removing all of those last traces of makeup and also was so gentle so the name of the game with star clinical is gentle and effective um, I highly recommend it if you are looking for something that is going to just help keep your skin happy which is sometimes all we need so you heard Tenley mention this um, at the end of the episode as well but the website is star clinical that's star with two rs.com and you can check out all of the goodies she has listed there but um yeah so i just wanted to say thank you again to tenley thank you again if you submitted a question um, we got some really great stuff and i'm so grateful for her time i would also be so grateful if you guys took a minute to click subscribe um, that way new episodes will be sent directly to your device you don't have to do anything except sit there and they will fall out of the sky and land on your phone it's beautiful. It's simple. And if you have time, leave a rating and review. I would be so grateful. That helps to get these episodes out to people who might enjoy them or find them interesting. And I'm also known to drop in and give away some beauty goodies to people who take the time to leave a rating and review because I'm so grateful um, that you do that that I want to say thank you back. So anyhow, um, I will be back next week with more great stuff here on 30-something. Thank you guys again for listening. Follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abada and um, yeah, rate, review, subscribe, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys soon. Bye.